This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Boston Blackie is a fictional character created by author Jack Boyle, who wrote from personal experience. And when I say from personal experience, get this. Jack Boyle grew up in Chicago, Illinois. While working as a newspaper reporter in San Francisco, he became an opium addict and was drawn into crime and was jailed for writing bad checks. Later convicted of robbery, uh, Boyle was serving a term at San Quentin when he created the character of Boston Blackie. The first four stories appeared in the American Magazine in 1914, with Boyle writing under the pen name number 6066. From 1917 to 1919, Boston Blackie stories appeared in the Red Book Magazine, and from 1918, they were adapted for motion pictures. Actor Chester Morris was the best-known Boston Blackie, playing the character in 14 Columbia Pictures from 41 to 49 and in a 1944 NBC radio series. Boston Blackie is a role for which Morris is best remembered. He was born in New York City, one of four children on Broadway stage actor William Morris and stage comedian Etta Hawkins. Morris dropped out of school and began his Broadway career at 15 years of age. And while appearing in a 1927 play called Crime, he was spotted by a talent agent and signed to a film contract. Morris made his sound film debut in the 1929 film Alibi, for which he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actor. And by the mid to late 30s, Morris's popularity had begun to wane, and he was cast as a lead actor in B-movies. His career was revived when cast as criminal-turned-detective Boston Blackie. Morris appeared in a total of 14 Boston Blackie films for Columbia Pictures, beginning with Boston Blackie, uh, Meet Boston Blackie, that is, and he reprised the role for the radio series that we'll hear tonight in the episode Death Wish. did it. Did what? Found you. I'm Boston Blackie. So what? So, for the first time in the last few days, you're safe. Unless I have the wrong Jimmy Wells. Is your wife's name Dorothy? Yeah. You live at 2100 Leslie Boulevard? Uh-huh. And you're a salesman? That's right. 
Then you're the Jimmy Wells I want. I don't know what for. For protection, Wells. Your protection. What? I got a tip from unhealthy sources that you're going to be killed. Oh, they're serious about it, huh? They mean business, Wells. With a business end of a gun. But you don't have to worry now. I'll take care of you and them, too. You will, huh? Yes. Get lost, Blackie. You don't seem to understand. They're going to kill you. You don't seem to understand. That's exactly what I want. And now back to Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend. Look, Wells, I didn't spend 48 hours looking for you just to hear you say that you you want to be killed. Well, you heard me say it, Blackie. I've heard other bad jokes, too. Oh, this isn't a joke. What is it? Your brand of humor? I'm dead serious, Blackie. Dead serious, huh? Well, if you are, you're going to be dead, period. That's exactly what I want to be. I'd like to ask you why, but I'm not going to. I'm afraid of the answer. Look, let's stop this kidding before I begin to think that I'm crazy, too. You are crazy if you think I'm going to let you protect me. Well, if that's the way you feel about it, I'm crazy if I try. So long, Wells. It was weird knowing you. Goodbye, Blackie. I'll be... Uh... I know exactly what you'll be if I don't help you, Wells. Dead. But I don't think you really believe that. Oh, yes, I do. I know it's going to kill me, too. Who? <laughs> you don't think I'm stupid enough to tell you, do you? You stop them. That does it, Wells. It does what? That convinces me you're really serious about wanting to be killed. I was wondering how long it would take you to realize that. Well, I know it now. But what you don't know is you're going to get protection whether you like it or not. Oh. <laughs> I'm afraid I had to knock you out so your killers, when they come calling, wouldn't find you in. looking friend. Now, look, will you let me... His name is Jimmy Wells, and I want you to keep him under lock and key. What's he done, Blackie? Nothing, except he wants to make like a victim. Huh? Let me out of here. I want him to kill me, you understand? Why don't you let me alone? You've got no right to hold me here. Well, now, what do you know about that? I don't know anything about it, Sergeant, except he's been marked for execution by the underworld, and he's as happy about it as if he were in his right mind. He's really been put on the spot, eh? For a rub-out, Sergeant. You better give him a nice, safe cell. I can get in touch with Faraday and find out what to do next. Well, I don't know, Blackie. Maybe I can... Uh, hold him in the next room. I'll answer that. Maybe Faraday. Okay. Come on, Wells. You can't hold me. I'm on and shut up with you. Goodbye, Sergeant. Hello. Hello? Oh, hello, Faraday, old pal. This is Blackie. Now, this is all I need. Goodbye. Oh, don't say goodbye, Faraday. You can take more of me than this. What's the matter? Hmm? Why aren't you at your office today? Now, why are you in my office? None of your business why I'm not there. Where's Wilson? He's in the next room. Look, I've picked up a guy named Jimmy Wells who's trying to get himself knocked off by an underworld mob. How do you know? I got a tip through my usual, unusual sources. This guy, Wells, doesn't want help. But we'd better give him protection before they give him the works. Yeah, what do you want me to do about it? Just want you to know that I want him locked up. No, you can't put that guy behind bars unless he asks for it. But hold him for a few minutes. I'll see what can be done. Okay. 
I was afraid when you weren't here that you might be sick. Uh, yeah, I am sick. Of you. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Hey, Wilson, come on in here. Lucky, I... Hi, I just talked to... Hey, Wilson, where'd you get that swollen eye? That guy Wells gave it to me, Blackie. I got a black eye and he got away. Yes? Are you Dorothy Wells? Yes, I am. I'm Order Branch. May I come in? Why, I... Let's make up a mind for her, huh, Mr. Branch? I'm sure we're welcome, Tommy. We'll take up only a few minutes of your time, Mrs. Wells. Close the door, Tommy. Sure, Mr. Branch. Is your husband at home, Mrs. Wells? No, he's not. Do you know where he is? No, I don't. You're sure he isn't in hiding somewhere in this house? No. I don't know where he is. And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. I know why you want to see him. You want to kill him. Oh, now, how can you say a thing like that, Mrs. Wells? Because you do want to kill him. That's what you're looking for, him. You and this this gunman of yours. I go everywhere Mr. Branch goes, Mrs. Wells. And all Tommy and I want to do is talk to your husband. Are you sure we don't know where we can uh, get in touch with him? I hope you never find him. Because I know what you'll do to him. You do us an injustice, Mrs. Wells. All we want to do is talk uh, business with your husband. But uh, since he isn't here... He isn't here. Now will you leave, both of you? I guess the lady doesn't want us here, Mr. Branch. Obviously not, Tommy. Mrs. Wells, when you see your husband, tell him we're sorry he wasn't at home when we came to call. For if he'd been here, it would have saved a lot of trouble for everyone concerned. You keep an eye on that side of the street, Mary, and I'll do my best to watch this side. Well, don't you think you better watch where you're driving, Blackie? This isn't a country road. I'm watching, but if we do run into somebody, I hope it's Wells. We've been looking for him for three hours. Suppose this is the neighborhood where he hangs out. This can go on forever. It's only going to seem that long. Well, maybe we'd better give up. And sign Mr. Wells' death warrant? Oh, that doesn't sound like you. Well... Wells has a wife who might give us some information. That sounds like a shortcut to finding him. Or better still, maybe she knows who's trying to kill him. Well, that sounds like a much better way to keep Mr. Wells from being killed. Never mind finding him. Find his would-be killer. That brilliant piece of strategy has just occurred to me, too, Mary. Uh-oh. It just occurred to me I'm supposed to meet the superintendent of my building at my apartment. It's about redecorating. Well, I'll drop you off at your building and then go to see Mrs. Wells. Okay. Well, I hope she can tell you something. You know what you might tell me, Mary? What? That her husband is already dead. Yes, Blackie, I'm Dorothy Wells, Jim's wife. But I haven't seen him or heard from him since yesterday. Well, I saw him, Mrs. Wells. You did? But maybe I've seen him the last time. I know what you mean. He's going to be killed, isn't he? That's what I hear. From people who usually know what they're talking about. Tell me something, Mrs. Wells. Why does your husband want to die? I don't know. Does he carry a large insurance policy? No, a very small one. As far as I know. I see. Then if he dies, he doesn't make you a rich woman, huh? No. Only an unhappy one, Blackie. Jim and I have had a wonderful life together. Even during all the months he's been gambling. Gambling and losing? 
Yes, and heavily. Losing and not paying? He hasn't been able to. We're not poor, but we're not rich, and Jim has lost thousands. I think you're telling me something that I want to know. Do you know whom he owes this money to? Yes, a man named Walter Branch. He's been here looking for Jim. And Blackie, I'd heard Jim talking on the phone to Mr. Branch a couple of nights ago and threatening to go to the police about something if he had to pay his debts. Uh-huh. I think it was about marked cards or crooked gambling of some kind. Or something like that. Mrs. Wells, Walter Branch is looking for your husband, and I'm going out on a limb because I'm going to look for Branch. <laughs> Faraday, your ears aren't ringing. That's your phone. I know it, Blackie. Yes? Inspector? Yes? We've checked the files on Walter Branch. We broke up his last gambling joint on Lawrence Place six months ago. There's a rumor he's opened up again in the house at 23 Maple Road. Thanks, Wilson. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. Blackie, we have a tip. Branch is running a gambling joint at 23 Maple Road. Your department's really clicking, huh? Well... Let's go see him. This isn't homicide, Blackie. It's out of my field. And it's going to be homicide if Branch gets to Wells before we get to Branch. What would you rather do? Solve a murder or prevent one? You know the answer to that. Come on, I'm ready. Wait, I'm not. You got better phone Mary and tell her that I might be a little late for our date tonight. For the first time, huh? <laughs> when was the last time you met Miss Wesley when you said you would? I don't know. My memory doesn't go back that far. Yeah, you thought it'd make trouble for me... You'd be late to your own funeral. Of course, Faraday. I'd be the late Boston Blackie. Ha, ha. You know, the more time you waste on that phone, the more time Branch has to get to Wells. Unless this is all a gag of yours. It's not a gag, Faraday. Except that Branch wants to gag Wells permanently. People who I married doesn't answer. And maybe she's like me. She doesn't like to talk to you. Oh, there's no one like you, Faraday. You're the eighth wonder of the world. No. And speaking of wonders, I wonder where Mary is. She's certainly not at home. Come in. Oh, a message for you, Inspector Faraday. Oh, thanks, Wilson. Well, no use letting this phone ring anymore. What is this, Wilson? Where'd you get it? A man brought it to the desk a minute ago. Said some guy gave it to him and told him to deliver it to you. Oh. Yeah. Looks like a letter, Faraday. Getting fan mail? Yeah, ever since I started the Down with Boston Blackie Club. <laughs> hey, look who signed this note, Jim Wells. I can't read the note the way you're holding it. What's it say, Inspector Faraday? What's it say, Sergeant? Look, yeah. it says, Inspector Faraday, leave me alone. Don't try to protect me. Because I have Mary Wesley in a hideout. And if the police or Boston Blackie come near me, she'll be killed. What? Then maybe I'll die in the electric chair. But at least I'll be able to die. Jim Wells has been put on the spot by gamblers who apparently have reason to kill him. Boston Blackie and the police offer to protect the doomed man, but he refuses help and escapes. While Blackie is searching for his would-be killers, Wells abducts Blackie's friend, Mary Wesley, and threatens to kill her and go to the chair for murder if any attempt is made to rescue her. As we return to our story, Wells walks into a room where Mary is gagged and tied to a chair. 
Well, Miss Wesley, if I take that gag off your mouth, will you promise me not to scream? All right, all right. I'll see if you can be trusted. Yeah. At least that must be more comfortable, huh? Yes. Yes, it is. Who are you? Well, this is my name. Jim Wells. You're the man, Blackie, and I've been looking for. Uh-huh, but you didn't find me because I was waiting for you at your apartment. But why? And why kidnap me and tie me up? That's protection, Miss Wesley. Protection against protection. Well, you won't have much protection against anything when Blackie finds me. Oh, yet. I don't think he wants to find you, Miss Wesley, because if he does, he'll find you dead. Dead? Very. You see, I want to die, and I don't want Blackie or the police to interfere. Oh, I'm not crazy, Miss Wesley. You see, I have a reason for wanting to die. And uh, I'll murder you to do it if I have to. Your only hope is that I don't have to. Are you comfortable? Oh, very comfortable. These ropes aren't cutting into my wrist more than an inch or two. If your friend Blackie shows up, something else will be cutting your throat. Couldn't you think of some more unpleasant way to kill me? I've already thought of it, Miss Wesley. Cutting your throat was merely an expression. Oh. Didn't you wonder what I'd been fixing up with the door there? No, I've been too busy wondering about you. Well, let me tell you what I've done. I've tied a rifle to the table there. And I ran a string from the trigger to the door. Oh. Ah, you begin to see, do you? The string is tied to the doorknob. And the door opens out. When the door is open, the string will be pulled tight. And the gun will fire. Fine. But you don't think I'm going to sit right here in this spot? Oh, I forgot to tell you, Miss Wesley. The chair you're sitting in is fastened to the floor. You think of everything, don't you? You're so clever, Mr. Wells. Well, if I hear voices outside... I also forgot to tell you that I'm putting a gag back over your mouth. There. Good night. Goodbye, Miss Wesley. I'm going out the back way. And uh, if I don't die at the hands of the killers pretty soon... You'll die at the hands of Boston Blackie when he opens that door. You'd better step aside, Faraday. I want to get this visit to Branch over with so I can go find Mary. Branch and his men probably know a cop when they see one. Think they don't know you too, Blackie? Well, they might let me in if they think I'm alone. I hope that note you got threatening Mary was a gag. Believe me, I hope that. Uh Uh-oh. Someone's coming. Duck to one side. I'll stay on this side so I can give you a hand if we have to shove our way in. Yeah? I'd like to see Walter Branch. Who are you? Just a guy from out of town looking for some action. You won't find it here. The boys said I would. What boys? Just the boys. Let me in. Just a minute. Come on in. But no funny stuff, because I got a gun on you. No, no funny stuff. But I'm bringing a funny friend. Come on in, Faraday. No, you don't. Well, you bet. (coughs) We're in, Faraday. And he's out. Yeah, but what are we in for? This guy's not alone. He's not out anymore, either. He's coming, too. He's taking us to Branch, huh? If he doesn't, I'll use a little more persuasion. Get up, you went fast. What's with you? What do you want? We want to see Branch. What for? We'll tell that to him. Come on, take us in to see him. 
this way. And this better be the right way, too. These guys are as meek as babies when you take their guns away from them, Blanky, huh? This is the boss's office right here. Better be. Come in. Couple of guys to see you, Mr. Branch. To see me? Well, come in, gentlemen. Come in. Thanks, Kay. Guns? What's the meaning of guns? We had to use pistols instead of passes, Branch. This is Inspector Faraday, and I'm Boston Blackie. Hello, Inspector Faraday. Oh, uh, sit down. Tommy, that'll be all. Sure, Mr. Branch. You may put your guns away, gentlemen. I'm not armed. But your assistants are. We'll play safe. As you wish. Uh, To what do I owe the doubtful honor of this visit? You ought to know why we're here. It's about Jim Wells. Oh, well. Now, don't say you've never heard of him. Oh, I know the man well, very well. Mm, So well, you want to kill him, don't you? I have every reason in the world to want him dead, Inspector Faraday, but I don't believe in murder. The uh, consequences to the killer are equally fatal. I have no intention whatsoever of having Wells eliminated. Though, believe me, I'd be quite elated if he'd dropped dead. Hello. Is this Boston Blackie's apartment? Yes, and this is Blackie. Hello, Blackie. This is Jim Wells. Wells, where's Mary? Don't get excited, Blackie. She's all right. In fact, I phoned to tell you where she is so you can go get her. Where is she? She's waiting for you in the living room of a house on Cherry Street. Number 10 Cherry Street. Number 10 Cherry Street, huh? Yeah. Why are you telling me this? Well, she's a friend of yours. You probably was worried about her. I sure am. And if anything's happened to her, Wells, you really better go out and get yourself killed. Well, if the boys were right about it, Mr. Branch, Wells is in this house here. Number 10 Cherry Street. Let's go up and have a look, Tommy. Sure. I'll get out on your side. Okay. Your gun ready? Always ready, Mr. Branch. Anyhow, Wells doesn't carry a rod. Well, have yours handy just the same. We don't want to take any chances. Okay. Hey. Looks like there's a note tacked up on the front door. It is a note. I guess Wells knows he was spotted here and it's scrammed, huh? The note isn't signed, Tommy, but look what it says. Well, I'll be it. It says, don't open this door, Blackie, or you'll kill Mary Wesley. Now, how about that? <laughs> I hope our fists. <laughs> hey, Mr. Branch, aren't you going to leave that note there for Blackie? Why should I? Well, Mr. Branch, if Blackie comes here and opens this door, he'll kill it. That's exactly what I want him to do, Tommy. And that's what he'll do. Exactly. Wait a minute. Who's there? Me, Tommy. Jimmy Wells. Okay, open. Hello, Tommy. Hi, Wells. Come on in. Thanks. Well, everything all set? What do you mean, all set, Wells? You mean about me killing you on orders from Mr. Branch? <laughs> 
<laughs> Brother, what a setup. <laughs> Everybody in town has an idea I want to die. <laughs> you got instructions to kill me, and you're going to be paid to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> what nobody knows is that it's somebody else's body you're going to show Branch while uh, I fade out of town. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds good to you, huh? Only way I know how to beat that Branch guy. He'd get me no matter what protection I had or how long he had to wait or where I ran away to. Lucky I found out you was working for him and that you'd listen to reason. And, uh, though. Sure. Lucky for you. Well, we better make this good, huh? Yeah. Boston Blackie was on my trail, but I fixed a gimmick with a door and his girl, so he'll be hours trying to get her out without killing her. That'll keep him away until we're finished. I guess it will. You, uh, ready to go, Well, Yeah, sure. Any... T- hey, tell me that gun. Put it down. You, you and I are pals. You were going to be paid not to kill me. I was supposed to you give you... said you was ready to go, didn't you? Oh. Uh. Hi, Mr. Branch. Well, there he is. Yes, so I see. I'm delighted you came to me with Will's story about wanting to bribe you, Tommy. I'm delighted that Boston Blackie is about to open a door that will kill his girlfriend. And I'm delighted with your loyalty. Here's 10 Cherry Street, Faraday. Unless Wells was lying, Mary's in there. Come on. Okay. Hey, take it easy, Blackie. If Wells is on the level, he may be in that house waiting to take a shot at us. I don't think he's anywhere around, Faraday, because we have something to grab him on now. Let's try the front door. I have a hunch Miss Wesley isn't even here. This is just a gag of Wells to keep us away from him so he can get himself killed. You might be right, Inspector. But if Mary is here, he's accomplished the same purpose. We're going to go in there and search the house for her right I know now. what happens now. I have to turn my back while you genius your way through a locked door. How'd you guess? Turn around. How do you do it, Blake? Well, with locks like this, I first find a kind of a key that might open the lock. And then? And then what I do is so tricky I can't understand it myself. Well, fine. But I can't unlock this door, Faraday. Why not? If you're such a genius. Because a guy doesn't have to be a genius to unlock a door that isn't locked. Very funny. Come on, let's go in. Wait a minute, Faraday. If Mary's just beyond this door and it isn't locked, it's because somebody wants us to open it. Well, for just once, let's do what somebody wants. Oh, no, Faraday. Something tells me we'd better not. Let's work on this window here. Get in that way. The shade's down, so we can't see inside, but... I have a little piece of steel that'll get us inside. Stand back while I do a little prying. That's you. Always prying. Blackie, look. Mary's tied to that chair. Faraday, that isn't all that's tied. Look at that gun and the string running to the front door. Come on in this window with me. Hold everything, Mary. The Marines have arrived. I'll take care of the string. Sit still, Mary. I'll get this gag off your mouth. There we are. Oh, Blackie, yeah. glad you didn't open the front door. So am I, Mary. Now all I've got to do is close this case. Who is it? Boston Blackie. Let me in, Tommy. Oh, sure, sure, Blackie. Just a minute. Come on in. Thanks. Seem almost glad to see me. Why not? I got nothing against you, neither is the boss. You want to see him? 
Not just now, Tommy. I think you're the man that I want to see. What for? The police just found Jim Wells' body, and he didn't drop dead. Not too bad. Who killed him, Tommy? I don't know why you ask me. But I did ask you, and I expect an answer. I expect you do. Answer me, or you'll get something you don't expect. Such as what? Such as this. <coughs> you want some more? Oh, but you do. Oh, yeah. Punk. Oh. Well, I knocked you out, Tommy. Again. Now, maybe, when you wake up, you'll feel like telling me who knocked Wells off. Yeah, yeah, Inspector Faraday. I killed Wells. I had to when Mr. Branch walked in a room. What do you mean, you had to, Tommy? I think he means he was hired to do the job, and Branch is the one who hired him. It's a good thing we grabbed Branch, too. That's right, Blackie. But Wells made a deal with me. He gave me a lot of dough, and we were going to fix it so it looked like he got knocked off. Well, that explains why Wells was so unconcerned about being killed and why he didn't want protection. He was going to disappear with everybody thinking he was dead. Yeah, but it doesn't explain why he put Miss Wesley in a spot where she might have been killed. I can set you straight on that, Inspector Faraday. Wells left a note on her door warning Blackie not to open it. But Mr. Branch took the note and tore it up. He wanted Blackie to open that door and kill Mary Wesley. He did, did he? Well, after the way you talked, Faraday is about to open a door for him. A little green door. In the death house at State Prison. Stay tuned for Nero Wolf next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. And now, the laziest detective of them all, Nero Wolf, and the episode... Phantom Fingers. Ladies and gentlemen, the ringing of that phone bell means mystery, adventure. Nero Wolf's office, Archie Goodwin speaking. What? You're expecting Mr. Wolf at your place in three hours? Your place is where? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm expecting Hedy Lamar in 15 minutes. Yeah, but mister, we're both out of luck. Archie, what are you babbling about? There's a character on the phone who's laboring under the naive delusion that you're about to make a trip upstate. His name? Finley, he said. In that case, he's quite correct. Yeah, he's quite... Uh, uh, yes, Mr. Finley. Mr. Wolf will be there. Yeah, goodbye. I shall need some beer, Archie. Bottle opener's in the right-hand drawer. Thank you. What one of us needs is a psychiatrist. You're voluntarily leaving your happy home, exposing yourself to the elements? Entrusting your only life to a savage automobile? I am. Oh, oh, oh. somebody's offered you the United States Treasury, huh? Mr. Finley happens to grow orchids. Among them, he has developed a plant possessing spurred labili. I have an opportunity to purchase a couple of the plants, therefore... I don't believe it. But Archie, according to the reports I have received, he has produced a strain of black cypripidium. Oh, well, in that case... But, Mr. Wolf, while it's true that black may be the color of your true love's hair, it is also true that black is the color of funerals. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the detective genius who rates the knife and fork the greatest tools ever invented by man. The ponderous, brilliant, and unpredictable Nero Wolf, created by Rex Stout and brought to you in the person of Mr. Sidney Greenstreet. 
beginning of the case of the Phantom Fingers actually had nothing to do with black orchids. The first act was played in an old house at the end of an old dirt road. It was short and simple. As short as life. And as simple as murder. Joe, I didn't believe the letters I got. Didn't believe them until now. I've been a lonely man. No wife, children. Joe, it was all coming to you after I died. There was no need for you to steal from me. All you had to do was wait. Joe, that gun. Put it down. No. 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 Archie. Yes, Mr. Wolf. How much longer? Oh, an hour, maybe. Why? I'm a fool. Yeah, well, payday's tomorrow. I refuse to agree with you. <laughs> Besides, the trip's been fine so far, huh? So there's snow on the road, but... Uh, Fooey. Well, it's nice snow. Pretty soon it'll be spring, and in the spring... If you mention old Tidmas once more, I shall strangle you. Uh, no, no, it's against the law. But you know, if that snow melts much faster, the trees won't look so pretty. Trees, are they really necessary? Uh-huh. People cut them down and make paper out of them. And they take the paper and make dollar bills. <laughs> Mr. Wolf, we're surrounded by future fees. I prefer the finished product. What on earth is that? Sounds like a river. Indeed. Except there aren't any rivers around here. Hey. Yeah? Up ahead. What? Huh? It's a river. Only it isn't a river. It's wet. It's wet and it's got waves on it. Had to start raining, too. Nature. Fui. road behind us is covered with water. We just have to keep going onward and upward. Would you like to recite Excelsior to me? Uh, sure. Shades of night were falling fast when through an alpine village passed... An idiot of your caliber, no doubt. Oh. <sighs> An infernal engine has died. No, no, the road dips up ahead. And where it dips, there's a junior Mississippi growing up. Splendid. Not so splendid. We can't go back and we can't go forward. Why not? They didn't build this model to swim. No foresight. What do we do now? Well, we could abandon the car and, uh... Walk, are you mad? Are you seriously suggesting I indulge in a foot race with the flood? Yeah, well, not seriously, but, uh... Oh, you've decided to give the car a swimming lesson? No. There's what looks like a cow path leading off the highway. To your right. Maybe it's a road. We progress. We now follow the footstep of the cow. Ah, it is a road. An old dirt road. Not only that, it goes up. Is that good? Theoretically. We might get above the water that way. And if the theory fails? Mr. Wolf, how are you on the Australian crawl? Hey. There's been another car on this road before us. You can see the tire tracks in the mud. Interesting. An indication that there are other maniacs about. I myself would not have chosen this particular spot to picnic in. Well, it's not that. There's somebody lying on the road. People have peculiar habits. Ignore him and drive on. Uh-uh. Hold on a moment. Mr. Wolf, you better come out here. My madness has its limits. The answer is no. Serious, Archie? Very serious. Oh, very well. Uh, 
Oh. Oh. Him. Yeah, still oh, alive, but... Uh, man's been shot. He's uh, mumbling. Joe. Uh, He's Joe. He's still. Uh, don't forget stealing. Uh, don't. Uh, uh. So much for that. Pick him up, Archie. Put him in the car. Might be bad for him to be moved. No. There is nothing that can be bad for him. He's dead. Is this blasted road leading anywhere, Archie? Well, seems to be a clearing up ahead. Maybe... Hey, it's a house. Splendid. I'm not so sure. It's perched up on top of a cliff, surrounded on three sides by nothing. On the side facing us, there's a deep ravine and a small wooden bridge. An island in the air. Hmm. Yeah. High enough to keep above water, maybe, but... Now, that bridge doesn't look too good. Rain may have weakened it. I have no choice, Archie. I have no intention of being drowned in these barbaric surroundings. The bridge, Archie. Okay, hold on. Dude, the thing's collapsing under us. How momentum, sir? Well, if it doesn't, 37 blondes are going to be wearing black. Correction, 38. I forgot the one in Gimbel's bargain basement. Hey, we made it. The bridge will never be the same, though. There's a car ahead of us in front of the house. The car from which our friend, our dead friend, was thrown. Only one set of car tracks in the mud along the road, and here... And all we have to do is walk in, ask for the owner of the house, and, uh... Possibly. Possibly not. Archie, go through the corpse's pockets. Well, that's not cricket. Yeah, all right, all right. I'm going through. Not much on him. Handkerchief. Silver. Driver's license. The name was uh, James Miller. Address Ghana Lane. Walden. Now I've got an idea this is Ghana Lane, Mr. Wolf. In which case, someone named Joe was looking after the house for him, committed theft, and murdered Miller. Miller's body was then dumped on the road in the hopes that the floods would wash the body away. No one at the house seems to have noticed their arrival. Nope. Well, let's go in and ask for Joe, huh? Very well. Uh, oh. Uh, mm. uh, hard. With the bridge down, there's absolutely no way of getting on or off this bridge. Except for a mountain goat. I don't know any mountain goats. <laughs> I used to know a plain goat once, though. Indeed. He ran at the fifth of Jamaica. Stop mourning. I never mourned her. Also, I never win bets on horse races. <laughs> That's why I continue to work for you. That is also why you had better ring the doorbell. Okay, okay. Nobody's going to break a leg rushing to open the door. I suppose you try it. I have it more than enough of the weather. Is that polite? Besides, the killer may have some more bullets in that gun. Are you afraid? Sure. Who is The door, Archie. But old Dr. Tidmouse would say... Well, never mind. Mm. Hey, somebody was careless leaving the door open like that. On the other hand, has a spider ever shut its web? The answer is no. Are we flies? Yes. Out of my way, Archie. There are lights up ahead. Must be the living room. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, sure, sure, your excuse. Uh, do you live here, sir? Do we? No, don't you? Of course not. This is very strange. I came out to see the people who live here, or the person. I found the door open and no one about I've been sitting in this corner now for a long time. 
Oh, it's a pity no one offered you a plum pie. Then you could have stuck in your thumb. You saw no one enter, sir? Uh, no one at all. I didn't want to go any further. It would have seemed like prying. Perhaps you had better come along with us. Well, all right. You know, this place, it has an evil atmosphere. It certainly has. What it needs is fresh air. Hooray. This would be the living room door. Jarvis. It is. Looks as pretty as a picture. Abby. Oh. Hello. Well, just think of it. Five minutes ago, you know, I didn't know you existed. And you didn't know I existed. And now... Archie, your existence would have a sudden end unless you keep quiet. Ah. Excuse us for intruding, Miss... Intruding? Oh, but I really should ask you to excuse me. You do not live here? I wish I did, but... You see, I've been out walking. I live maybe a oh, mile from here, and then when the flood began, I, I thought I'd come in here and stay for a while. And you found? An empty house. That's not what I found. <laughs> As old Dr. Tidmouse has often said... Go through the rest of the house, Archie. Go through the rest... Yeah, well, never mind. I'll, uh... Shh. What's on? Somebody's walking. Coming downstairs. I'll go and see Come on into the living room. Meet your guests in one of several pieces as you prefer. You what? Oh. Hiya, folks. Ah, who's at last? That's very funny. I think I'll laugh. Uh, uh. May I ask why? Because this here ain't my dump. I was just casing the joint. I mean, I was just taking a stroll. Through the house? I'm eccentric. Oh, clever. However, I think you'd better stay. Why? Because you may turn out to be the owner of this house after all. I rather think introductions are in order. Well, I'm Peg Shirley. Yeah, my name is Wagner. Joseph Wagner? Uh, Lewis. How about you, Stroller? Cregan. Sam Cregan. Hmm. Peg, Louis, Sam. Mr. Cregan, while you were strolling upstairs, did you notice anyone else about? No. There was no one outside when Archie and I entered. The bridge is down, effectively cutting us off from further visitors. We may assume, therefore, that we are the only people in not about this house. Yeah, it's cozy, ain't it? It further means that one of you three is a murderer. Am I? Am I? Oh, the murderer is the person who owns or lives in this house. All three of you denied being that person. Conclusion, one of you is a liar. Oh, I, oh, that. I hardly expected a full immediate confession. However, we are absolutely isolated here. No one is going to come or leave until we have our killer. You know, you can't really keep us here. The flood can and will. Remember, the bridge is no longer. So you see, just the five of us alone. No one else inside the house, no one outside. Therefore... <laughs> Correction, Mr. Wolf. Maybe it's a branch or something tapping against the door. Unlikely. Archie. Okay, I'll go see who or what it is. Oh, hey. Oh, oh, what's that? What? What? I got him. Somebody shut the door. Yeah, all right, I get it. A disreputable and unwashed gentleman. Head badly hurt. Is he conscious, Archie? I don't know. He's mumbling something. Legs pushed off. Fell from the legs. He's passed out. I guess he was trying to say that somebody pushed him out on a ledge. Side of the cliff, maybe. He must have regained consciousness and crawled to the house. Well, I put him, Mr. Wolf. Bedroom, I suppose. We'll need first aid. We can't get a doctor. 
Cregan, where are the bedrooms? Yeah, one right up at the head of the stairs. And don't ask me how I happen to know. We shan't. Okay. Okay. I'll need somebody to help me carry him up without shaking him too badly. Cregan? Okay. Uh, let's go. As for the rest of you, Mr. Wagner, Miss Shirley, I suggest we return to the living room. But I don't see any reason why we should take orders from you. One of you is a murderer. I include Mr. Cregan, of course. Oh, but that poor man wasn't dead. Not for lack of trying. However, I was not referring to him. You mean... You mean someone else has been killed? Precisely. That is why I hope we should not hear another knocking at the door. It could only be a corpse. Archie. And Cregan. Yeah. The injured man? Still out. Probably got a concussion. Uh, Did he say anything further? Well, he babbled a bit. I don't know if... Uh, We should assume we're among friends, Archie. Exactly what did he say? Well, he was pushed over the edge of the cliff because he saw Miller killed. Ah, did he also see who? No, passed out before he had a chance. He's an old tramp, Mr. Wolf. He was bumming his way through the country when he saw the murder. He must have decided on a touch of blackmail and receiving a concussion instead, which may last for hours or for days. <gasps> Somebody's playing with the lights. Some fool. Yeah, the switch was over this way. Ah. ah, lights are on again. Whose idea was that? I had nothing to do with this. Me neither. Miss Shirley, why did you scream? Well, someone rushed against me in the, in the darkness. You were standing? Uh, near the table, this table. Archie? Oh, nothing on the table except a bunch of keys on a ring. Hey, something screwy. Why should a guy put the lights out just to deposit a bunch of keys on a table? Obvious. Without doubt, those are the keys of this house. Possession of them would have disclosed which of you lives here and which of you therefore killed Miller. It's late. I shall sleep down here, lacking an elevator to transport me upstairs. The elevator's lacking. Yes, the rest of you should be able to find bedrooms upstairs. Good night. Archie. Yeah? Follow them upstairs. Spend the night awake. Okay. Good heavens, Archie. On my way. What's cooking up here? Uh, somebody's playing with the lights up Strike there. a match. You don't have to. I got a flashlight. Oh, yeah. oh, here it is. Light switch. You know, this putting out of lights is getting to be somebody's bad habit. Well, all three of you seem to be okay. Stay here. Where, right. where are you going? Tramps room, right here at the head of the stairs. Think of all your good deeds while I'm gone. All right, downstairs again. What again? Oh, dear. What happened? Well, it was more than a bunch of keys this time. Oh, that knife. There's blood on it. There should be. I just pulled it out of a man's heart. Wow. Well, Mr. Wolf, one of these three babies doused the lights, popped into the tramp's room, deposited the knife in his chest, and popped right out again. The knife you're holding? Yeah. Intelligent of you to wrap a handkerchief around the handle. Well, whoever killed the tramp didn't have time to fool around with gloves, so... There should be prints on the knife handle. Satisfactory, Archie. That's mild enthusiasm. Archie, on that desk, an ink pad. Yeah. Miss Shirley, mm-hmm. you carry face powder, of course? Yes, I do. Archie will need it to bring out the prints on the knife. He will then fingerprint each of you. Compare your prints with those on the knife, and we shall have a murderer to hand over to the police. Archie, will you begin, please? Today, I'm Mr. Wolf. 
Three cards labeled with Miss Shirley's name, Cregan's, and Wagner's. Their respective prints are on each card. Good. I have the knife here. Several quite distinct prints on it. It should be child's play to, uh... Hmm. Archie. Yeah? Take your own prints and mine. What? Do as I say quickly. Yes, sir. All right, give me your thumb. Thank you. Now mine. Thank me. There's something wrong. Something wrong and deadly loose in this house tonight. Well, there's a card with your prints and mine. Thank you. Now you got five cards all together. So I have. Uh, Archie. What now? Take the ink pad and a fresh card with you. Where am I going with them? Upstairs. But Mr. Wolf, there's nobody upstairs except the corpse. Precisely. It is his prints I want. Oh, this is so oh, ridiculous. I'm over with. Yeah, I got the dead man's prints. Will all of you please sit? All right, but it's... Good heavens, young woman. Be careful. We want no accidents. I'm sorry, I caught my high heels in the rug. Archie, the card with the corpse's prints on it. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you. Hmm. You know, I've had quite enough of this nonsense. Have you, Mr. Wagner? Yeah, and so have I, Mr. Wolf. Also, I don't think you know what you're doing. Perhaps not. However, I have something rather interesting to tell all of you. There is no one in this house besides yourselves, except, of course, for the dead man upstairs. There is no one on the rock on which this house stands except for another dead man in our car. Look, we already know all that. Bear with me. We may rule out secret passages, unusual hiding places, or anything of that esoteric and childish nature. We may also rest assured that no one has come to or left this house or rock within the last few hours. That means we're kind of hermetically sealed here, huh? Meaning also that whoever was here when the tramp was killed is still here. Still here in this room. Correct, Archie. Now then, I have checked the dead tramp's prints against those on the knife. Theoretically, suicide was possible. However, the prints do not match. That guy was in no condition to kill himself anyway. True. And I checked Archie's prints and mine against those on the knife. No similarity. Oh, but no one suspected either of you. Thank you, but I had to be thorough. That left only the three of you. I compared your cards and the prints on them with the prints on the handle of the knife. And? I want you to remember one thing very clearly. We are the only living people in this house or on this rock of land. No tricks are possible and may be ruled out. All right, so what? This. The prints on the handle of the knife that pierced the heart of the man upstairs do not match his prints or the prints of anyone in this room. Yeah, oh, no, well, mine wouldn't match. Would you mind saying that again? He doesn't have to. In those cards, Mr. Wolf has the prints of everybody here. And yet none of them match the prints on the knife handle. But, well, in that case, who or, or what killed him? Why, there must be someone else in the house. I give you my word, there is not. Hey, you thinking about ghosts or something? Ghosts never leave fingerprints. I, I, I've got to get away. I can't stand this. Me too. Come on, lady. But I, I'll come along with you if you don't mind. Mr. Wolf. Let them go. The bridge is down. They can't get far. Okay. I don't get it. Get what? Well, the fingerprint business. And who killed Miller plus the tramp? The identity of the killer, Archie, is quite obvious. It is? To who? To whom? Who's home? <laughs> That's a joke. 
Yeah, I'm stalling for self-respect. You know? Uh, of course I do. I have no conclusive proof, however. I had hoped the fingerprints would be of assistance there, but they proved to be phantoms. I'm still smarting about the other thing. You know, it's at times like this that I almost agree with you about my intelligence. Lack of intelligence? Yeah, well, don't rub it in. Don't rub it in. Just go ahead. Yeah, well, maybe you better rub it in. From now on, you may refer to my brain in the negative. In the negative? Bless you, Archie. What I've just done, I don't know, but can I have a raise? No. I'll take it back. You can't. Get the others in at once. Mr. Wolf, you now have the appearance of Mr. Wolf being surrounded by several dozen bottles of beer. What have I done? You've explained the fingerprints, Archie. Hurry. I don't want to keep the killer in suspense. I don't care. No, I'm very nervous. I don't like this. Archie. They're all here. Yes, but they're all making a noise. Stop them. Miss Shirley, Mr. Cregan, Mr. Wagner, will you please shut? Uh, uh, Mr. Wolf, they have. Thank you, Archie. Now then, I have known for some little time which of you killed the tramp and Miller. I lack proof, however. And you... you have it now? I will admit for a while I was flummoxed by the negative evidence of the fingerprints. They seem to indicate that the tramp was murdered by a phantom. However, the word negative itself has solved the minor problem. Minor to whom? To whom? Never mind. Shh. Archie, what is the salient feature of a film negative? Well, I suppose it's the fact that the darks are light and the lights are dark. Precisely. A reversal, then, of the actual appearances. Now, are there any similarities between filmed images and fingerprints? In a way... You could call the worlds and hollows that determine the individual characteristics of a fingerprint the lights and darks, eh? You could. I shall. Miss Shirley, would you help in an experiment? Of course. Thank you. Archie, I want you to take Miss Shirley's fingerprints once again. Okay. Pad and card. Here you are, Miss Shirley. All right. Archie, quick. Huh? Grab her arm. I, I got it. Well, Usually I don't have to be coached, but... Let go of me. What are you trying to do? Miss Shirley... You already had pressed your fingers on the ink pad once. Why were you about to do it a second time? Well, I... I just wanted to make a better impression. Fury. Archie, wipe some of the ink off her fingers. Oh, but then it won't be any good. It'll be very good, Archie. I've well, done it. And take the print. No. No, let go of me. Maybe I never hurt women if I can help it, but right now I won't be able to help it. Mr. Wolf wants your prints all over again, so down on the night's white card. No. Hey, thanks. Will you let me have that card now, Archie? Sure. In the meanwhile, hold on to Miss Shirley. A pleasure. Indeed? Would you continue to think so, Archie, if I told you that Miss Shirley's first name is not Peg, but happens to be Josephine, which the diminutive is Joe? Glad they're fixing the bridge. I was beginning to think we'd be here forever. Boy, we have been. <laughs> you know, if those black orchids have been holding their breath waiting for you, they're going to be red in the face. Hey, hey new breed, red orchids, huh? Ah, uh, gee, must you talk? Well, it's fun. Also, you've been holding out on me about the case. I surrender. Okay. You know, when we compared the new prints of Josephine with those on the knife, you could have knocked me over with a sash weight. They were identical. Naturally. She stabbed the tramp. Yeah, but what was the fingerprint gag? She merely loaded her fingers so heavily with ink that she falsified the markings. She filled up the hollows and walls with ink. 
The result was that ridges became hollows and vice versa, in the same fashion that a photographic negative falsifies lights and darks. You got that when I mentioned the word negative. It works, huh? Try it sometime. Yeah, the very next bank I rob. But you said you knew who killed Miller and the Tramp even before you exposed the fingerprint gimmick. How? We knew Miller's murderer lived in this house. Had been stealing from him and so on. Mm -hmm. Stealing what? Cash, of course. He, as the girl admitted, was an eccentric. Kept his money on the property. Cregan had probably heard of it, hence his casing of the house. Yeah? Our problem, therefore, was to discover who lived in this house. All three suspects denied it. Josephine Shirley told us, as you may remember, that she'd gone for a walk and then been driven by the flood to this house where we found her. Well, that's what she said. It could have been. No, because as you may also remember, she tripped at one point over the living room rug and mentioned why. Sure. Sure, she said she was wearing high heels. Uh Uh-oh, because out in the country there are no pavements, so girls don't go for walk in high heel shoes. Therefore, she hadn't gone for a walk. Therefore, she was lying. Therefore, she killed Miller and... (laughs) I should have noticed those heels myself. You should have, Archie. Your trouble, I suspect, was that uh, you didn't notice the feet for the leg. You have been listening to The New Adventures of Nero Wolf, starring Sidney Greenstreet. Tonight's transcribed story was based on the characters created by Rex Stout. This is an Edwin Fadiman program produced and directed by J. Donald Wilson. In the cast were Gerald Moore as Archie Goodwin and G.G. Pearson, Howard McNear, Tim Graham, and Eddie Fields. Next week at this same time, Nero Wolfe and Archie will bring you The Case of the Vanishing Shells. Don Stanley speaking. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Jack Benny, followed by Lights Out. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.